I'm Derek Thompson, the host of The Ringer podcast, Plain English. Look, a lot of news these days is kind of nonsense. I'm not trying to reinvent the wheel here. I'm just trying to ask the questions that matter from people who know more than I do about everything I'm curious about. And that's most things. Recession fears, AI hyperbole, psychology, productivity, China, war, streaming, movies, sports, you name it. The world without jargon. The news without bias. Plain English with Derek Thompson. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Pure Leaf Iced Tea. Go beyond reality with new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea and discover a berry delicious world bursting with unexpected blackberry flavor. A world so full of refreshing blackberry iced tea that you may never want to leave. But there's always time to linger. Try new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea. Visit amazon.com slash pureleaf and enter 20 Pure Leaf for 20% off your purchase of new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX is Clipped, now streaming only on Hulu. Or at least I don't do crystal meth in the bathroom all night long. That's my he will never emotionally fulfill you. Because I don't want to be a part of this. Go to sleep! Go to sleep! Close your legs to married men, trash box. I'll tell you how I'm doing. Not well, bitch. Who gonna check me, boo? Welcome to Morally Corrupt, a show here on the Ring of Reality feed. I'm Rachel Lindsay. He's Zach Peter, and let's get right into it. We've got news of the week. Not a lot, but new, because this was something that was unexpected for me. Now, I'm a huge Potomac fan. Are you? I'm a Potomac fan. Yeah, I love Okay, Potomac. okay. So we are lovers of Potomac here. I had no idea that we were already coming up on a new season. So this was a beautiful surprise for me. Um, I just happened to be scrolling on Instagram and it was like, bam, the Potomac trailer's coming out tomorrow. And I was like, what? I feel like we haven't heard a lot about Potomac. There haven't been a lot of things leaked there has so making me feel like this isn't going to be a drama filled season um i thought last season was one of their weaker seasons um i'm curious to know what your thoughts are the only thing i feel like that's come out about potomac is that fight in that bar restaurant that didn't even seem to be between housewives it was, no, it was between other two people. friends of, yeah, and it wasn't caught on camera. So I don't think any of that's even going to make the show. Yeah, so then nothing, nothing has come out. Um, I'm curious as to your thoughts of what you thought about this new trailer. I thought it was, man, the most, the biggest, the most creative thing to me or the interesting thing about the trailer was the way they put the trailer together. I feel like it was really interesting, which makes me feel like they had to go think outside of the box because there was nothing in the box to give us in regards to what happens this season and the drama. Your thoughts, Zach, on the trailer and what you think we're going to be getting this season. 
you know, bless her heart, Potomac. Um, it was a fine, it was fine. I think I agree with you. When you have to go above and beyond and get super creative with the edit, that tells me that the content can't carry it enough. Um, it wasn't like there. What did we get? Like Robin is crying because she thinks that we're making that the ladies are making her out to be the villain, and Ashley is still divorcing. Uh, what's Michael? With Michael. Well, I have other names for him, but Michael. <laughs> sure, we'll go with that one. Um, yeah, it just it didn't look like there was anything. There's a new grand. Like, it, come on, it was just it was a little lackluster. I didn't know it was coming either. It almost feels like they rushed it. It was like they were like, let's just cut the season, call it a loss, and just give it to them. That's almost just what it put it out like. there. Yeah. There was no buildup. There was no teasing. Like, literally nothing. The Beverly Hills trailer is coming next week. I'm looking forward to that. Well, I'm hoping that. there's something good with that one. Well, we all we know that the separation wasn't caught on camera. So I think that the, the ladies came back just to comment on it, is my understanding. But we don't see it. Maybe we'll see that there are issues and we'll see maybe the ladies question it, but we won't get the actual breakup or even a separation or even an understanding of the separation. It seems like we won't well, get Well, Mauricio that. just denied that they were separated when he was doing press for Dancing with the Stars this week. He's like, we're not separated. We're working on things. You know what? I'm, I'm just starting to say, you know what? I'm not going to speculate or assume anything anymore. I'm just, I'm going to take what you give me. Okay. Yeah. You're separated. You're not divorced. Um, Kyle's not a lesbian. Um, Mauricio says they're working on it. Kyle came to support him. Okay, I'm gonna take everything as it is because I'm exhausted from trying to figure it out. I really am. I really am. Um, yeah, I mean, I, but are, aren't you riveted by that Morgan Wade documentary that's coming out? I, I'm on the edge of my seat. <laughs> And 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 Zach, it's a that come I'm, on that has to be a love. Nobody's like, oh yeah, let me pick some random country star and do a whole you know documentary on her life when nobody gives a shit. Nobody asked for it. I will tell you what I did give a shit. I'm about. gonna make you love me. Is that the song? That's the song. <laughs> oh, and the then ode, Kyle's doing the, the split. ode to Kyle. The ode to Kyle. That that confusing random <laughs> music video. Uh, anyways, back to Potomac. Yeah, see, that just shows right there the interest in Potomac that we moved on to talk about something else, which wasn't even in the rundown for the news of the week. We are already bored before we've even started. The thing with Potomac is that the bar is so high. That's a gift and a curse. And for six seasons, we had a very high bar. Last season, not much, same drama. I wanted, I think what we needed, we didn't get, which was a shakeup. We needed a cast shakeup. And the moment we got the news that everybody was returning, I think we were all kind of like. The shakeup was that Juan was cheating on Robin. And they're still together. And Juan doesn't want to talk about it. And he's over it. And the new girl seems like she's Let's a super fan. talk about the husband. I want to talk about the rumors about the husband. Yeah. Like, I think NECA, the new girl, is a super fan of Potomac. Mm. And the fact that we saw in the trailer that she's like, thank you for my $2 million. I was like, no, I don't want one of those. I don't, I want a wealth whispers person. I don't want a money talks person. And that's what we're getting with her. And she's doing the most. And I just, I, you know what I am interested in? The most interesting thing to me is the Mia and Gordon. I'm actually interested in 
their relationship in these marital issues. She she hired a divorce attorney. She claims she might have married him for money, which is something we always speculated. I'm interested in the Mia. And, and I never thought I'd say that. I'm not a Mia fan. The Mia and Gordon of it actually piques my interest. I, I actually like when Ashley and Candace are friends. I'm tired of the fighting between them. Um, Wendy's mother being a witch was something that was rumored the first season that she was on. So I don't know why we're bringing that back. I just, and, and like, I need the grand Dom to give me more. Yeah. She's kind of phoning it in. I feel like that's the same thing with like candy on Atlanta. I feel like once you've been on the show for so long and you kind of are the matriarch, like you kind of like Kyle on Beverly Hills, she's kind of, I mean, she's going to go through it this season, but. I feel yep, like they right. kind of reached that plateau. Absolutely. And Giselle hasn't given us a storyline for a while. You know, no, like she just gives since, us bad fashion. Yeah. Since Pastor Holy Whore left, we haven't gotten received anything from Giselle. And yes, it's sad that her daughters are going to college, but how long can that like oh that's my God, one I episode? Don't care. That's one scene. That's one scene, not even an episode. So if Giselle's storyline this season is just stirring the pot. I'm going to need more from her. I mean, I was a little interested when I saw Jason from Winter House. Oh, on yeah. That piqued my Weird. interest. I want to see, I want to see Giselle though in a relationship. So I, I'm curious, I will say, but they didn't give us enough for me to just, for us to really talk about that. So we'll see. Hopefully for Potomac, they are easing us into the season. Maybe they don't want to give us too much. Maybe that's the new Bravo formula. Don't let the trailer give too much. I don't know. Uh, but we'll see. Let's move on to Southern Charm, who say, we know the season's going to give it to us, but this episode did not for me. What Did it for you? Did you? It you gave moved? it to me. The uh, Yeah, the last few minutes, I think, really moved me. Um, and then I love, I just love Madison. Well, I any time I, I can Madison see Austin too. on my screen is a win for me. Um, and then I love me some Madison. So seeing her and you know it, at the what was it Benita's? They were in her backyard. She had some charcuterie boards and they were sipping some tea. I I enjoyed that scene and I enjoyed the final scene. Okay, I we couldn't be more opposite. I'm. It saddens me that you you know are on like a fan of Austin oh. in that way. Like you call him daddy. Mm-hmm. You're toxic. His you, Muppet like, to- mouth is uh, so toxic good. I love the Muppet mouth. Toxic toxic's your type. That's fine. Oh, toxic um, AF. You need the AF and the flame emoji at the end. Nothing makes me more weak than the most basic doughy white bro that is going to leave you on red after telling you he loves you. Are you still in oh. your 20s? I'm 30 now. Okay, so you're you're almost out of the toxic phase. You're almost <laughs> out. I I excuse it. I get it. I get it. I didn't get right till 31. I did not get right till 31. So I understand. It was my type too. So it's all I wanted. <laughs> it's all I wanted. Um, but okay. So you know, I don't agree with you on the Austin of it all, other than he's great for the show and he's necessary. I hated the ending of this episode, which we'll get into because I felt like we were teased. And at the end of the day, we, I didn't feel like it, it, it gave us anything. And I, and I have a question for you on the Olivia and Austin of it all. We'll get to that too. Um, 
but I will agree with you on Madison. I love Madison. And I think my favorite part of this entire episode were the Madison flashbacks. Mm-hmm. When so she was crazy thing- Madison. And she's like, I was crazy. <laughs> I've been somebody play Miley Cyrus's used to be young. I it, I was like, oh, more than a Catherine flashback. There was nothing because Madison wasn't just crazy. She was funny. She knew how to stir the pot. She was the quintessential reality TV star. Like that, she had every characteristic that we need to enjoy our reality TV. And even though she's calmed down, there's still like, you know, we get glimpses of Madison. So I'm still, I just still love her. So that we can agree on. Um, let's get into the episode. We start off with, with us seeing JT's messy bachelor pad. We see him calling his mom. We see him, we see him giving himself a shot, which, so they wanted us to know, you know, that he's close to his mom. He has his mommy, mommy. Thank you so much. He has, um, diabetes type one they wanted us to know that i was a little confused of his living arrangement he i believe i saw no backboard to his bed which always bothers me i believe even i have a backboard Mm -hmm. i believe in a backboard not a wall and for someone who seems to come from a well-off family you know his we we saw a little bit of what his mom does he has brought that business to South Carolina and to Charleston specifically so much so that he's decided to move there. He has multiple Airbnbs yet. He has no backboard. He has a messy apartment. Um, and I just, it, I was confused. I thought he should have a home. I thought he should have, you know, more of a solid living arrangement. I don't know. It was like a, I don't know how old JT is, but he was living like he was 23. Yeah, and he's at least 40, right? Gotta be. He looks it. Like 41, yeah. No, he looks, you know, he looks a solid 41. I mean, he's, but it's the same thing. Like Shep, I mean, Shep at least has his his place a little more together, but like, they're just like this chronic, it's Peter Pan syndrome. And you're waiting for them to grow up and they're never going to grow up. They're never going to grow up. At least with Shep, we never knew what he did, right? I, he just came for money was the, the thing. He didn't work. JT seems to actually work. So I'm just like, I don't, they don't invest in themselves. It's is what it seems like. They just invest in good timing, which we also see JT getting up, waking up from a hangover. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you're too old for that. Like at this point, like no more. And have you been to Charleston before? No. I went this summer for the first time and having been there, I don't understand how you can continue this lifestyle for decades upon decades in Charleston. There's not that much to do. And it is a small place. I would get bored after a while continuing this type of lifestyle. I just don't, I don't understand it. I I, I enjoyed the city. I thought it was cool, but I don't understand how you can keep this up for this long. There just doesn't seem to be that much to do. Or you can continue to run into new girls. They must be running into tourists because there were a lot of tourists in Charleston. And maybe that's I mean, and now that they're on TV, now all the girls are throwing, they're like, I'm going to go to Charleston and find me some Shep. Remember when he had a dating show? I do. I do. I did not. 
I did not Nobody watch did. it. I've met Shep before and he was quite lovely. Um, I, I That's how he gets years. all the ladies, Rachel. There was a charm, right? Similar to what I said about Austin. There's a charm there. So I, I understand it, but it's not, it doesn't, it wouldn't sustain me, right? Like in an interaction, in a hello, in a greeting, I get it. But so you don't see what Taylor sees in him or saw in him. Um, I Taylor was going to give him the world. I do because to me, there's not a lot there with Taylor. There's not a lot of depth. There doesn't seem to be a strong sense of self and identity. And I, Taylor seems and boundaries. Yeah, Taylor seems like the type of girl who latches her personality on the other people and her identity, whether it's in a relationship or even a friendship with Olivia. Olivia seems to have more of a personality to me and a little bit more of um, more confidence. Yeah. Uh, so it, Taylor, that if any girl was going to have a long-term relationship with Shep, it was going to be a Taylor, which is sad. Yeah. Um, all right. So Austin and I mean, Shep, Craig and Shep, we see them getting pedicures. Want nothing there other than the fact that they don't believe Austin, which we didn't either. Um, but we did learn that Austin has a habit of going after after his friends date someone, then he likes to go date them. Which what is that? Like marking his territory? It seems to be an insecurity of like. Oh, you got them. Oh, I want to show you I can get them too. Or it's just that, as I already said, there's not much going on in Charleston. There aren't that many people there. The circle's small. The dating pool is even smaller. Yeah. And I think like, and you already know these ladies, right? You already know them. You already kind of have a friendship with them. So you kind of know what to expect. And so now that they're available and you know them, then it's not like you're starting from scratch exactly so maybe that's it i mean obviously it's problematic but this seems to be a thing with austin which then as we see later in the episode very much so being hypocritical because he has a problem with his friend rod wanting to date olivia but austin that is your mo you know what is austin's type the ex of his friends that's that's it Mm -hmm. um so yeah, we, that's pretty much all we get out of that conversation. They keep showing us Austin and Taylor hanging out. Um, Vanita hosts a party, which was very cute. I really, I like Vanita's aesthetic. I so badly, and I need to go to her Instagram to see. I wanted to know where she got the dress from. That is not even my aesthetic. I am very much so like to dress in an androgynous way. For the most part, that's my style. But I loved the dress that she was wearing. I just thought everything was cute. The flowers, the drinks, the everything. Um, and then what I also thought was cute was Madison stirring the pot. Madison Love Madison saying, stirring the pot. Madison saying right in front of Olivia's face, saying, which she owes nothing to Olivia, right? Like Olivia dated her ex after she did. It's her saying to Taylor, I think, Austin's in love with you. This is why we love Madison. I mean, but do do you think he's in love with her? No, I don't think. He's I think in love he's with in her. lust with her. Taylor's a really pretty lady, and I I think that he enjoys her company. I think, yeah, he if like most guys, most guys 
want to fuck pretty a pretty girl friend acquaintance ex actually in the relationship with them if given the opportunity i learned this a long time ago which is why i you know i used to have more guy friends than girlfriends um you know like in high school and you know i had to learn the hard way most guys don't want to be your friend and if given the chance to sleep with you they will so that is what I think is the Austin Taylor situation there. But Madison just not caring and saying it and making the whole situation uncomfortable um, was everything. Highlighted I, the episode. Yep. Madison knows like she's happy. She has her her kids. She has her man. And that she can still like come in. And I think it's even a bigger flex when she comes and stirs the pot because now she's not a hot mess anymore. Now her life is together. She just had everybody at her party and she can just be like, here's the mess. Let me stir the pot. And and the beautiful thing about what Madison did, she drops that bomb, stirs the pot, and then also out the other side of her mouth is giving the most sound advice yeah. to Taylor. You know, like Austin's in love with you, but also the best thing that you can do, Taylor, when in regards to Shep, is this. It was great advice, which seemed to also be the whole point of the party was to rally around Taylor, but then Madison is going to throw that dagger at the same time. I mean, we don't need Patricia. We can, Madison can fulfill that role now. I totally forgot about Patricia until you said that. Like, we get it. This is like the one thing that Patricia has never done in life has been on TV in this way. And so she's checking this off her bucket list, but enough. We've endured enough seasons of Patricia. No more. Um, Yeah, I really totally forgot about her. Uh, But (laughs) yes, So, you know, they give Taylor this advice of kind of like, get your shit together. You are not friends with Craig. You are not friends with, I mean, Austin is, but for the wrong reasons, I'm sure. Like you, when you break up, it's a divorce and you split people in the asset. You split people like their assets. I remember after my five-year relationship, um, we had a mutual friend who was actually my friend first. And became best friends with my ex. And I remember I said, I lost you in the divorce. You know, like we split the assets and you went with him. And that's just what happens sometimes Mm. in a breakup. I think you can be friends with both. You can. I mean, I guess you do have a loyalty. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You have a loyalty to one or the other. We're still friendly, you know, but I, the loyalty was there. And I totally understood that. Um, And then we get to the end, which this whole episode seemed to be building up to this conversation or this confrontation between Olivia and Taylor, because Shep ends up telling Olivia that, hey, Taylor and Taylor actually spent the night with Austin and he knows Austin and Austin is acting as if there might have something might have happened between the two of them. And hey, this is Austin's history. And now Olivia who was defending their friendship. Olivia would say, oh, you know, like that's their friendship and I understand it and they're good friends. And, you know, now she's in a position where she's questioning it, which she never did before. Now, here's my question as we get into these final five moments that I feel like gave us absolutely nothing. Is it just me or I don't understand Olivia and Austin's relationship. And maybe it's because we didn't see it. It seems like the seriousness of it happened off camera. 
But last season, they didn't seem that close to me. It didn't seem like they were serious. It didn't seem like there was any romantic, like, connection between the two of them. Then when it came to Winterhouse and watching them, he seemed to have more of a connection with Sierra. Uh, and it just didn't seem like he and... It's like they wanted us to believe that there was something with Olivia, but I never saw it. So I'm not understanding what they really had. And that last scene of her crying in the car really left me confused. Do you have that same feeling? No, I Yes. I, I don't think that they had like, they don't have a ton of chemistry. They didn't have the fire that, you know, I think we're used to with Austin um, in his other relationships. So I, I think it, it was natural that they weren't going to last. Um, but I loved this final scene. I was like on the edge of my couch being like, what? She's just telling you now that like, I think this is almost worse than hooking up with Austin because Taylor's like literally telling her, I thought I was going to date him to the point where we had a conversation about us being together and he went to talk to his sister and I went to talk to my sister and our sister said that, you know, we're playing with fire here and we ultimately didn't pursue that. But like, like, could you imagine one of your close friends being like, oh yeah, not only am I friends with your ex, but I was considering very shortly after you guys broke up, dating him i thought i had feelings and here's the thing when you think you have feelings at the beginning those residual feelings are going to continue to carry on so i understood olivia's like hurt i don't think she was hurt about it being austin i think it she was hurt that taylor kept this information from her it was more of like you should have told me this and you didn't tell me this, which makes makes me think that it's a lot worse. And it makes me think that I can't trust you and that there's probably a lot more to this situation that you're not revealing to me. All right, Zach, I'm going to tell you something. You turned me. It was, um, I was like, I wasn't expecting, I was expecting it to be like a really lackluster scene. And then as I'm watching, I was like, did she just say that she was will- she was considering dating Austin? And she's still friends with him. And she spent the night with him. You prostitution whore. I'm going to flip my table. (laughs) You got me. You, I didn't see it that way. I was hung up on something else that she said. But when you break it down like that, it's true. Um, They really did think about, you know, exploring something together. So I guess what I was hung up on was the 24 hours. And it was obvious that it was, she kept saying it was a vulnerable moment. I was lost after Shep. It made it seem to me too, that it was very quickly after the breakup and she and Olivia weren't as close then as they are now. So that's how I thought, okay, they weren't as close. Yes, it's still messed up because Austin is close with Shep and you had some sort of a relationship with Olivia, but they weren't as close. It was 24 hours. It was a 24-hour moment of weakness where it was like, I'm here for you. You're here for me. Maybe this all happened. Like, I've been in a place, not that, not even close, but where you have illogical thoughts because you're so caught up in your emotion that you're making decisions based off how you're feeling, based on like, with your heart, not even your heart, just like your tears as opposed to your head. I've been in that place before. So I guess that's what I was thinking of. It was a quick 24 hour. And just as quickly as I thought about it, I put it out of my head. That's where I was coming from, It where, where it was coming from. But if I was Olivia, I would still be pissed. 
Um, I don't know if I would be emotional, but I would definitely be pissed because I think I would be like, you weak ass <laughs> bitch. Get, like you was, I, Taylor needs a friend like Olivia. She needs a friend like those ladies that all gathered around her at Vanitas. But I think I would just be like, bitch, I can't be your friend. You need to get your shit together. You need to, you need to stop making decisions that could impact not just you, but potential friendships. And I need a friend who's a little bit more solid in who they are than that, because you could affect me. Like the decisions that you make could be detrimental, detrimental to me. That's kind of how I felt watching that scene. But I, I mean, let me ask you this because I've not really caught up in the rumors of what's happening, what has been alleged or, or did actually happen. Do you believe Taylor? Not now, not after she dropped that bombshell. Now I'm like, now I think the rumors that they hooked up, her and Austin hooked up, Um, which now I believe if you guys have like those emotions that you both expressed, that you both had, you're going to tell me that that's just going to completely go away. So when you're spending, you're going to tell me she wasn't cuddled up with him in bed all night when she spent the night at his place. And you're going to tell me what? There wasn't a little kiss. There wasn't a little butt grab. There wasn't a little, you know, second base grab. Like it just. Well, I don't know about then, but, and maybe Olivia said it, um, in a in a confessional, but I don't know how you go to. I'm so upset about Shep. Um, um, you know, I'm so upset about Olivia, and you're just talking about it to they're not being to your point. Then a hug, a caress of the arm, a wiping of the tears, a kiss on the forehead, a cuddle on the couch, something to where it was like. Because it's one thing to talk on the phone, right? But there had to, to me, have been something physical that gave you a tingle, a butterfly, um, a rush of maybe this is could be something. There had to be some kind of physical touch, in my opinion, not just a phone conversation to where you think about being together. That's just my thought. Just my thought. So I think something else happen maybe it's maybe it wasn't sleeping together maybe it wasn't a kiss but maybe there was a we watched movies sad movies on the couch and held each other we which is worse because it's an emotional connection the emotional connections are always worse than the physical connections because physical can just mean nothing it can mean i was horny and i got off and we did that and we're done i don't know tbd but i definitely think that there was something else that happened that made you think, could this work? Yeah. And also a strong, like solid person who like is, knows who they are and is self-aware would remove themselves from a situation like that. They wouldn't get closer. Just saying. Yeah, if once you've already danced that line, you know that there's potential there and you're playing with fire. But Taylor's a sad puppy. As I've said before, this world has eaten her up and spit her right back out. She's a sad, sad puppy. And when she said, I was looking for whatever in the wrong place when I should have been looking for it in Jesus, I need Taylor to go back to that. 
She needs to step away from this world, this show, and step back into Jesus' world. Because that seems to be what keeps her grounded and where she feels like she's herself. And it ain't with these folks. Yeah, you don't need yeah, not. you don't need Dick, you need Jesus. All right. Moving on to OC. OC, this is the final episode, and pretty much the entire episode is the circus party. Now, I may surprise you, Zach, in mm. this episode because. I I wouldn't say I've been critical of Heather DeBrow, but I've definitely understood some of the criticism that's been thrown her way. Now, this last episode before the finale, I definitely thought that it was a bit too much. Like I wasn't quite understanding all the vitriol that was coming towards Heather. But this episode, I was like, this. Tamara has lost me. I was so happy that she was back this season. I loved even when she was stirring the pot. But from beginning to end, I'm already over her. Like, if she didn't come back next season, I'd be like, cool. She gave me what I needed. She gave me my fix. She took the edge off. But, like, I'm over her. Because by the time this episode ends... Tamara is illogical. She doesn't have a a leg to stand on. Um, Her arguments don't make sense. Her dislike for Heather is unwarranted. And I just was sick of her. I had enough. Yeah, because it's like she didn't need to push it. Like she'd already lost the battle. Like at this point, let it go, right? Let the mouse go. We're over it. The ladies are fine with Heather. Like the, and I think Heather made a really good point of being like, all of my issues with each of these ladies has stemmed from something that Tamara has done to fracture those relationships. So, and I think those ladies were even starting to realize that it was coming from Tamara that was, I mean, and listen, that was her job, right? She came back, she got her orange and she was coming to stir stir shit up, which she did. But it's like, at some point, then be like, you know what? Then maybe this finale is just where we kind of hash it all out and then we all kumbaya and we're good together and we sail off into the sunset. You know, we have a happy ending where we're all in a good place and we see where this goes for next season. Because her trying to continue to push, like when they're trying to take photos with with Heather and then she walks up and she's like, really? Really, Emily? You're going to take a picture with her? And Emily's like, yeah. And she's like, that's not what you told me last time. And she's like, well, we talked and we've moved past it. And like Tamara needs to let the ladies move past it. You know, I do think that Heather was talking about Shannon to the other women. And I think that, you know, she tried to backtrack a bit and tried to kind of deny her role in that. I think that happened. And of yes, it was it was Emily that conversation between Emily and Tamara where it all started to kind of come out. And I do think Tamara took that and ran with it. Um but obviously when Heather does those that 1 2 3 in the episode and links that all her issues are have, you know, are stemmed from Tamara, she was right. She, I mean, she couldn't have been more right about every single, most of the arguments that she had were because things that Tamara did. And I don't know why Tamara turned on her. Maybe it was, maybe it was because of the, the Yellowstone 
trip that they had when Heather was like, she was jealous of her and Shannon. And because that really bothered Tamara. Tamara was pissed. But then again, she had already made the 1900s comment after that. So I don't know. I don't know what Tamara and Heather's relationship was like before Tamara came back. It seems like it was in a good place because they were so good at the beginning of this season. But I don't know why Tamara has turned so much on Heather and really was trying to get everyone else to dislike her. And watching Heather have conversations with people at the circus party, it all made sense to me. It was all logical. It And like the other women really did try to understand where Heather was coming from. And it made sense. And so it understood, like I understood why they got along. I mean, why they were able to make up and move on, except for Taylor, who was so Oh my God, Taylor. I do enjoy a waste to Taylor. I do enjoy a waste to Taylor. This is going to be the dirtiest reunion you've ever seen, baby. Here's your orange. I'm bisexual. I think there's love for everybody (laughs) in the world. (laughs) That's exactly how she sounds and looks. Uh, I think that, you know, Taylor, we I like a drunk Taylor. Like I said, I don't want a monologue from her. Um, Taylor will probably, I don't know where she stands with Heather at the end of all of this, because she seemed to be anti-Heather as well. You know, Heather fell asleep. You know, though, Rachel, she woke up the next morning. She's like, I killed that finale. I showed up. I no, got in Heather's face. I told her what was up. She's like, I killed it. And her husband, who was, you know, letting her talk to TMZ that night when she was also bombed, he was like, you did, babe. Like, he's like, I know. You <laughs> earned that orange. He did. You know, she did. She did. And I actually want to hear her say that. I want to hear her say, I thought that I really told Heather up. That's what that's the energy I need from her at the reunion. And Heather falling asleep, drinking soup, made all the sense in the world. We've all been there. Did it like we've all been there. But of course, it's like Taylor couldn't, you know, comprehend anything because she was, you know, thir- 33 sheets to the wind. Ugh. Um I also thought that um, the way that Tamara was coming on, I knew we weren't going to get a makeup between Heather and Tamara in this episode. And I knew that anything Tamara said wasn't going to be logical because of the way that she attacked Heather's costume at the circus party. It was so clear what Heather was dressed up as. And I actually thought it was a very cute outfit. And the fact that they were like, look at her. She's in a dolphin outfit again. Look at her. What is that? You know, and I was just like, she's clearly Cirque du Soleil. She had the the ring. It was super cute. And I'm like, why are we just looking for any excuse at this point to tear Heather down? It was disgusting. It was gross. This is the Tamara that people don't like. And this is the Heather that I do like to see. I liked Heather sitting down and talking with the women. And I loved the way that she handled Tamara when Tamara came over to her to try to start shit. She was so above it. This is the snobbiness of Heather that I like. She was above it. She gave it no energy. She was completely dismissive and she walked away. And I'm sure for a Tamara that enraged her because she didn't fight back with her words. She didn't match her yelling or her energy. She simply was like, I'm not doing this. Next. And that's like the worst thing you can do to someone who's coming in like 
full steam. She said, no, not today. I'm not doing it. I, yeah, she very much shut it down, which she should. She was just like, I'm not, because she knew what Tamara's doing. She knew Tamara was performing. Um, and I just, you know, she's like, I don't, I think she realized after talking to everybody and settling the beef with everybody, she realized like, there's no need to hash it out with Tamara because I've already, res- I've already fixed the messes that she created. I've already cleaned it all up. Yeah. Yeah. Minus Taylor. I mean- for a finale, the, you know, OC started off amazing, but for a finale, you know, like it was pretty shitty. You know, I just, it, it didn't really give us anything. I found myself stopping and I couldn't just sit down and watch this whole thing. Like I was moving around, I was distracted, I was on my phone. I was, you know, like I just, it, I couldn't get into this. And even like the, the epilogue cards at the end were all ridiculously boring. You know, like when Housewives first started, we used to be on the edge of our seat for these cards. Remember, like they were so interesting, so juicy. And somewhere along the way, they tried to be like witty and funny with them. And it just, now we don't need them. I, we, I'm actually starting a petition and a movement to get rid of the cards. Let's just move to the reunion because they give us nothing. At this point, we already know everything where they stand currently, usually because page six has given us 15 posts on it. You know, like I just, or they've already posted on their social media so we can tell where the alliances yeah. are. And I don't I care about Gina. And I don't care about Gina becoming a real estate agent. Like to me, that's not interesting. Yeah. So let's do, let's do our own thing. Let's do like a, the odds are kind of thing or where we think they stand or, you know, a timeline when it comes to certain things. Like for example, Jen and Ryan. All right, Jen and Ryan are figuring out when they move in. Do you think they'll actually ever move in together? Um, do I think they'll actually move in together? No, I think he's going to cheat on her again now that he's gotten a little fame from the show. And now that people know that he sends dick pics, now he's going to be sending a few more dick pics. And it's going to... He's Listen, he's a cheater. He's a cheater. Do you think they'll get engaged? No. Okay, and no marriage. Um, I will agree on all of that. But here's the thing. If he cheats, or no, excuse me, when he cheats, will will Jen take him back? No, I think at that point, she'll have to be done with him. And it'll be great because then she can have her comeback season, her comeback era. Mm, okay. Shannon and John, we know they broke up. They they still well, talk. But the, her, know, her title card at happened. the end said that she denies the rumors of them breaking up. She did. She did. But we know that they hung out and we know that he's been there for her since you know this whole DUI situation so will Shannon and John get back together no because now John gets to have his cake and eat it too he gets to be non-committed to Shannon while also still you know Mm. having her on the side will Gina and Travis get engaged in the next year probably well, what do you think of Shannon and, and John and Gina? I think Shannon and John, they're never going to make it. No. Um, I think I think there's some truth in some of the things that the ladies revealed about him. I do think that now I look at him in a different way. And I think he does like, as much as he doesn't want to live with her or be on camera, he does seem to enjoy the camera. Some of the things that they, that dinner that we saw in this episode between the two of them was awkward, but he seemed to be saying all the right things. So I think right now, John enjoys 
being there for Shannon, you know, while the cameras are there and the paparazzi while she's like looking like the good guy. But it's only temporary. This is the end of the road for them. Um, Will Shannon go to rehab? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Gina and Travis, yeah, I think they'll get engaged. They seem to be in a good place. There's not a lot going on there. Will Gina be on next season of Real Housewives? Yeah, I hope she's a friend of, though. I say no. You don't think she'll be back? Uh, Emily. Emily, I'm sorry. Emily had the best season. Emily was fantastic. My whole tune on Emily has changed. I was. I never understood why Emily was a part of this show. But I actually thought she was great this season. Um, what's my question for Emily? Will Emily? Emily seems to have to be friends with everybody by the by the end of this episode. Do you think Emily's alliance will be with more with Tamara or with Heather? That's a good question. Um, oh, that's a really good question. I think. Emily's going to try to make the peace and she's going to try to bring them back together and she's going to be friends with both of them and she's going to try to bring them back together. And then by the end of it, she's going to realize Tamara is toxic and Tamara's the one that's causing problems. And then she's going to end up siding with Heather because Heather buys her nice gifts. Okay. Okay. Um, <laughs> I actually think she's going to choose Heather as well because, because Tamara can't be trusted um, when it comes to friendships. Uh, Heather and Terry, will Heather join Beverly Hills or will Heather, will Heather come back to OC? She'll come back to OC. Do Heather and Tamara make up next season? I think they make up at the reunion. Oh, okay. And last but not least, will Vicky come back next season? I mean, it's looking like it. I think they should keep her as a friend of, but it's looking like she's coming back. Gina and Vicky need a switch. Um, yeah, we need we to get see. rid of Gina, though. Like, I'm just, I'm tired of Gina. Yeah, yeah, there's nothing there. And that's fine. She's happy. Things seem to be calm. There's no drama. And that's good for her. She's graduated. Yeah. Let's let her go. She's graduated. I agree at this point. Um. All right. That's it. Zach, thanks for joining us. We had fun. This episode is brought to you by Pure Leaf Iced Tea. Go beyond reality with new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea and discover a berry delicious world bursting with unexpected blackberry flavor. A world so full of refreshing blackberry iced tea that you may never want to leave. But there's always time to linger. Try new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea. Visit amazon.com slash pureleaf and enter 20 Pure Leaf for 20% off your purchase of new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea. This episode is brought to you by Jersey Mike Subs. Jersey Mike's uses only the highest quality of meat sliced right in front of you, piled high with the freshest toppings. It's a Jersey Mike's thing. For me, it's roast beef and provolone with onions, lettuce, tomato, and the juice. You like authentic cheesesteaks? At Jersey Mike's, they're cooked on a real flat top grill. You can hear the sizzle and taste the difference. Jersey Mike's, a sub above. Order on the app today or visit jerseymikes.com to learn more. This episode is brought to you by cars.com. 
When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. Now we're going to bring in Jody Walker, who's going to cover what I believe these incredibly boring episodes of New York. Sorry, I'm I I've, I fizzled out on New York a little bit. Maybe I just maybe I'm just in a mood. Maybe my life has been way more drama filled this week than the Housewives, which is not how it's supposed to be. I'm watching these Housewives to escape my reality, so this can be more give me more drama than my own personal life. I don't know. So it's, I'm bored. I'm bored. Well, I'm here, bored. Rachel, let me give you an opportunity. Would you like to just tell us about all the wild and dramatic things that are happening in your life? No, I would not. <laughs> let me get this out on the table. Rachel, I haven't seen you in weeks. It's wonderful to see you, first of all. I know, I, you um, am on my fifth day of COVID quarantine. So these, these Housewives episodes were like a salve to me, like seeing old, terrible friends. So I'm, I'm thrilled to be here speaking to a human, and it's you, even better. <laughs> well, I, you don't look sick at all. You look great. I'm glad you're on the other side of it. It really seems to be going around. Oh, it sure um, is. Get your boosters, folks. Even if you're like, no, I'm going to wait for the perfect timing to get my flu and my and my COVID booster at the same time. Just get it. Just get it right now. Go get it. Get it. I mean, I was sick last week and I never got a COVID test, but I'm pretty sure I didn't because I know what my sinuses and allergies are like. And I was pretty bad with COVID. So I don't think that was it. And if yeah, it wasn't, right sorry, now it's just surreal. <laughs> is it allergies or is it COVID kind of time? Mine is COVID, um, but at least I have the housewives. At least, at least you have the housewives. So, I mean, Jody, what what interest? What piques your interest in New York? Then help me, okay? Help me that we we pick up where we left off, where Uba and Aaron are still at odds. Um, it it almost even seems like the women are bored with each other. I yeah. felt like as. <laughs> The women were, you know, sitting at this. They didn't want to all go to lunch because they're still, you know, it started with the drama at the house. Now they're at this table. They're still not on good terms. And Aaron really, you know, is like, I can't even be here. I'm still upset. And we see her leave. And then we see the women just try to tough it out. But there's like nothing. They're not, there's no good conversation. Bren's trying her best to be Bren. And, you know, really lighten the mood. But I'm just like, I'm bored. And I, I think they were too. I mean, there were parts of this episode I liked for sure. Like, I mean, you know, just just a big picture view. This fight between Uba and Aaron is pretty funny to me. Like, I do like a housewives fight where you can't. It's kind of like no one's totally wrong and no one's totally right. There are different points in time where both Aaron and Uba are like extremely wrong. I'm on sure. Uba's side, obviously, because I like Uba more. And it's that kind of fight where it's kind of like you have to be like, yeah, Uba's doing a lot. And like, I think ultimately it comes down to 
Uba wants to break Aaron down. Like, she wants to break her down to the studs and maybe hopefully rebuild her in a different formation. And she does it. And, like, that was pretty, <laughs> that was pretty wild to watch. Like, pretty masterful work from Uba to... And, and I think all of the women agree that, like, Aaron needs it. She is a shit stirrer. Every, she has had a fight with everyone because she has stirred up everyone's shit. Uba has only had a fight with Aaron because Uba hasn't, like, ha- gotten to this point. And I think we see that once Uba gets to this point, things are not okay. Like, it was... It's it, In that tradition, it is very New York-esque, where it's like, you know, Dorinda used to get to a point where it was like, this is not okay. But Dorinda's was drunken. It's interesting to see this be sober from Uba. And, like... And it's also warranted and valid. She's just like, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna act wild until you recognize what you did from a person who will, who to this point never really recognizes what she does, and only Uba can get her there. It's interesting that you that is your take. Very interesting take, Jody Walker. Because walk I me through it. I have a fever. What's up? I, I don't think that. Aaron ever recognized what she did. That's she true. Just she just cried. <laughs> started crying. And Aaron is a mean girl, which we have said multiple times. Aaron has talked shit pretty much about every single person or done something or tried to cause a rift between other people. Like, we'll go talk about somebody else to someone. It's kind of like, I don't want you to be friends with them too. Like, she starts it like, Particularly with Jessel, we saw that a lot, right? She go talk she to Sai. She wanted Sai. She wanted Sai to feel the same way about Jessel that she did. And I will say, to a point, she kind of succeeded in making Sai turn on her in the same way that she did. But Aaron never took responsibility for anything that she did. She just said, "Poor pitiful me. Everybody's ganging up on me." So much, so aloof to the fact that she literally has done that with Jessel. And I mean, she's had issues with everybody, but she had everybody gang up on Jessel and she had everybody gang up on Jenna. Like she was a part of that as well, which Jenna so beautifully called out. Like now you know what it feels like. And Jenna took it on the chin. Aaron cried. Like, why are you making me seem like this person? Why is everybody doing this to me? And it made me dislike her even more. I can't find one redeeming quality in Aaron. I'm sorry. I've never said that before about a housewife. I cannot find a redeeming quality. I really can't. There, to me, I find her exhausting. I find her detached. I find her, her not relatable, even though she thinks that she is. And she's just not aware of like, she thinks she's somebody that she's not. I, and, and maybe she'll watch this back and see it. I don't know. Maybe not. You think if Uba couldn't get her to see it, that then watching herself back is going to get her to see it? I've been watching maybe, herself for a whole a lifetime. Nothing. Maybe a friend who isn't on the show. Uh-uh. I, I've I, seen the people around her, Rachel. Like, we saw her sister. Her sister is the way, right. is the reason that she is this way in her family. Like, when she calls her dad and she's like, Daddy, I took the phone for two minutes and she's so mad at me. I was like, oh, you lie. You liar. You lie. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. I, it, it bothers me when somebody, and I can say this as a person who has a very 
who I'm, I'm tough, I'm opinionated, I'm direct, I'm rough around the edges, I have a hard exterior, and I'm actually very sensitive on the inside. But what I don't like to see is somebody who's the big bad wolf and the moment that somebody blows and huffs or whatever it is on your house, you immediately crumble and start crying. I don't want to see that. Like you just, and there's no like we're taking, she can't take responsibility for everything. It's poor, pitiful me. It's how could you, but I did this and I've always tried to do this. And, you know, maybe, maybe if, if I have to pick one redeeming quality, when she did invite the women to her house in the Hamptons, Hamptons there that seems to be obviously very genuine um but we're a long ways away from that well that's what I would say is redeeming about her is that like a lot of the women still seem to be friends with her like we see on Instagram she and Uba posting together like her and Jenna they seem to find something redeeming about her that they can continually Forgive. And you are right. I was wrapping this up as though Uba had solved a systemic issue with Aaron, but really <laughs> she had just solved an individual issue, which is that I guarantee you that Aaron will never cross Uba again. Like she is scared shitless and she should be. And yeah. Yeah. maybe, I guess I'm just feeling a little hopeful that maybe she would learn a lesson from that. And I do have to say, Aaron is actually the one that said to Jenna, she was like, they were all ganging up on me in the hot tub. I realized that's what it must have been like for you. Like, she actually did recognize that. And then Jenna was like, yeah, no shit. And like, you did that. So maybe she could recognize that when you drop little bombs, they go off. And that's what I think she does is she drops these little shit stirring bombs and then kind of scampers off. Like, oh, I just, all I said was you were a social climber. All I said was that you wanted to fly first class. And she's just, she, this is not a credit, but yeah, I think she really doesn't know what she's doing because she's not reflective or self-aware. Yeah, and maybe, listen, reality TV can bring out the best or the worst in you. And you know, when I was on The Bachelor, there were people that I could not stand when I lived in that house. And after the show, became very cool with them. I mean, like a couple of years later. Because remember, I'm not I'm not one to be like, you know, I, if I don't fuck with you, I don't fuck with you. Give and it like some that time thing. and space. <laughs> I, I, it was, yeah, we just need a moment. But I realized that, you know, they were struggling with the whole concept of being on reality TV and everything that that brings. And, you know, they're not their best self. And so maybe the reason the friend people are still friends with Aaron is maybe Aaron was trying to be what she thought you're supposed to be on reality TV. Do I really wholeheartedly believe that? No, Aaron's a mean girl, but maybe she was playing into that too much. Maybe she was easily manipulated by the producer that she's working one-on-one -on -one with. Like, it's so easy to be manipulated when you're in these one-on-one -on -one conversations of like, well, you know, so-and-so said this, or did you see the way that she looked to you when you did this? Or like, what do you think about her doing that? Like, that's kind of messed up. And then you're like, yeah, it's messed up. And you're you're on camera saying that. You're like, yeah, actually, that's fucked up. And you know what? Yes, like that, that kind of stuff so easily can happen. So I, I said this last week when you weren't here, but, you know, Psy falls into that 
influencer that you see and you never hear from. And then you start hearing from them and you're like, whoa, go back to taking pictures, pretty pictures. And I don't want to hear it. I, I compared it to Emily Mariko when she started talking in her cooking video. I did not. I listened to you guys last week and I did not know she had started talking. She talked in a few and people were like, oh. <laughs> yeah, I'm, just, I'm like, I don't want to. I just want those knife cuts and I want all that fresh Tupperware getting open. Oh, when she opens those glass reusable lids, it sounds so good. You know, my love for ASMR. <laughs> I didn't know that either, Rachel. I didn't know that you loved that. I wow. love it. I love it. Um, and you don't want to hear anybody talk. <laughs> I, actually, I love whispering. That's actually oh, one of my yeah. favorite triggers. That's crazy. Voice. See, That's crazy. Us, us real a- as ASMR junkies, no triggers. <laughs> That's one of my favorite triggers. I know my my favorite my my like a good trigger. Like a sticky tap is a fa- is a favorite trigger of mine. Like I love the pressing of the sticky tap. It's it's guys. Wow. It's my. Your I, TikTok like, must be wild. Yeah, I get a lot of ASMR stuff <laughs> that pops up on my TikTok a lot. What do you <laughs> think about Jenna's voice? It's very ASMR-y to me. I, I have I not said this before. I'm, I, let's I, hear it. it was one of the first things I said. I love Jenna's voice. Yeah. And it's not just her tone. There's a staccato mm-hmm. to her voice. Mm-hmm. Guys, I'm so into this. That it's very choppy. And I love her cadence. And it and it's very soothing to me. And I said this because I watched her show on AH, uh, HBO Max where she was doing um, interior design. And that's when I was like, I always knew who she was, but I heard her. And I was like, oh my God. This Jenna Lyons is everything. <laughs> I think like it might partially be because of her teeth and, you know, that a lot of her teeth, but she keeps her mouth really still when she talks. And Perfect. it's, yeah, it's just very interesting cadence. Is there anything that woman can't do? She could do ASMR. Let me tell you, if she does a meditation app, I am a thousand percent. That woman on the call Downloading. <laughs> I've n- I don't have anybody's Patreon, but you better believe I would download her Patreon. <laughs> people would be so mad if she made a Patreon. People, I, people are already ready to turn on Jenna. I can I can feel it in the air because of like she's just too special, you know. Like she's just she's too she's too good. Not for me. I want her on here forever. But have you noticed that she's been? She's in a relationship and she's been posting like crazy where she used she was so secretive before. I'm sure they'll address this at the reunion. And she is like head over heels, all in love. She seems to fall in love, fall fast. Like when she Which finds isn't the person. That interesting. When she I'm always surprised person, when someone is like sort of guarded, sort of prickly, or they seem guarded, like she's been like guarded that, with though. these women, and then they fall so fast. I'm like that though. When because it's rare for me to find somebody that I really connect with and that I feel comfortable being vulnerable around in that way. Like every relationship that I've had, I fall hard and I go in quick because I'm not I I know it's not normal. So if if, if I'm feeling this, like I want it all very quickly. Um so I under I understand that. 
I'm the opposite. Like, I give so much of myself immediately to everyone, like, unasked. They don't want it. And I'm like, here, here's, here it is. But when it's like, when it's much more one-on-one, I'm like, oh, no, oh, no, no, no. You can't get past that wall. That's the big wall. You can't, that's, you can't get past that one. We're not posting Instagram in-bed selfies, Jenna Lyons. She is going for it. Okay, wait, before we move on, because now we're just, now we're just talking about Jenna Lyons. I have to tell you the other thing I loved about this episode. Can you guess what it okay. was? No. It's Jessel keeping Jessel. that so turned a corner on her. Oh, yeah. You say you love her, right? Love her. Love her. Yeah. We, yeah. I think everyone turned, it's like once, I feel like once you get her, and I think we're seeing the women do that too, but like I know nothing about astrology. But when she busted out the notes app and was like, oh, I have a bullet pointed list going on. I was like, she's something. This is astrology. This is something. This is a Scorpio. And indeed, is she she a Scorpio? Is. she's Scorpio. So interesting. My rising is a Scorpio. So I present to people like mm. a Scorpio. So I very much connect and understand Scorpios. And very similar to Jessel. It's not that I keep a list. Let me see that phone, Rachel. Let me see that phone and search my name. <laughs> how many notes? How many notes do I have in my phone? I don't even think it says. Oh, like fifteen hundred notes. Oh yeah, well I have a million notes, but they're all just like weird shit to put in articles. There's that too, but when I don't want to forget something, like or if I have something to say to somebody, or like if I have an issue and like I don't want to forget, I do make notes and points because I don't want to forget it. And maybe it's the lawyer in me. Like, I want to be able to come back and be like, evidence. so let me tell you what you did. And it's not that it's like on September 29th at 10 a.m. this, it's more of like, well, you said, and I remember the exact wording. Like, it's like that. So I felt so seen when Jessel did that. And if any friends are listening, no, I don't have bullet points on you guys but if there is something extreme or if you upset me and I want to address it I don't want to forget it because I have so many things going on I'm very forgetful so I want to make sure that I that I'm able to revisit the moment um I loved this about Jessel and I loved that she said it and I love that you know she's unapologetic about it And my favorite scene of this entire episode was when Aaron and Uber were arguing (laughs) and Bren's like, look at her over there. She's probably adding to her, to her bullet bullet points. You know, she She was sitting in that hot tub in like a flawless fuchsia. Like that color looked so good on her. Just clickety clacking on that phone, like adding notes about Aaron. And I also, it kind of like was a huge relief to me because I love Jessel that the message kind of got lost in translation between those two little tuk-tuk cars that they were in that like, it wasn't a, she's not keeping notes on everyone. She just has a list on Aaron. So when it ultimately gets relayed to Aaron, it doesn't like cause some other whole thing. It's just, and can I just read like the first part of what she's like, she's like, yeah, I've got a list that I'm keeping. She pulls it out. She's reading from it. The list itself is so sassy. She says, number one is fuck you. (laughs) (laughs) She says, number one is fuck you. When the girls abandoned you at Casa Cipriani, I fucking stayed with your dumb ass and had dinner. It's not even a list. It's a, it's like a rant. Yes, it's even a rant. Better. 
it's kind of like a numbered rant, which is not what I was expecting. I was expecting some little like, like you were saying, sort of just so you can remember like the notes, like remember the things. But hers is like, number one, fuck you. (laughs) I loved it. I loved it so much. I am going to write her and say, Jessel, I too make lists. She'll love it. She'll love it. Tell her about your Scorpio rising. Um, I will. Yeah, she's, Jessel's really coming to her own. And I like that, like, it's like Jessel knows, they've told her, she knows, like, what they, some of them, like, think about her, that she's, like, annoying or the kid's sister. And maybe she is those things, but she actually is, like, so much more chill with it than you would have expected from I think like the initial nightgown moment where it just seemed like she was not going to be able to handle things. And I guess that was actually just kind of like a dark spot for her. Yeah. I, it's, it's, it's quite interesting meeting these women and having opinions, having changed so much. I mean, I think I've been pretty consistent on Aaron, but Jessel has really, really, you know, I'm, I feel like we didn't give her, not we, let me not add you in it. I didn't give her a chance at the beginning. And as I've stated before, it was really Sai's husband who got to me too. And my that opinion was really on Sai's a glass changed. shattering moment for you as Sai's it really husband. Was. It really and was. I mean, let's and, be, and I don't I have kids. Be, so, you know. I want to be clear also, Jessel is still like delusional. Like she still is going to have her moments and we want them. But hearing her say, let me know, Rachel, if this is your, um, also your philosophy on your notes apps list. When she said, you cross me once, it's mental. Twice, it's on my phone. I was like, yeah, that's an icon. I love Yeah, mine might be twice it's physical, but no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> once it's on my phone, twice we're going to blow. No, I love it. Good to know. I think, I think now that I see Jessel's, when I see Jessel's quirks, I think of it as a little bit more charming than like problematic, um, which is how I was viewing it before. But um, pretty much it for New York. I mean, I... I mean, we don't have to go all into it because I think we've made our feelings known about this fight. But the the jacuzzi time, the hot tub time was pretty wild. And like, I, I feel like Erin has some nerve to be getting mad at Uba for like calling her names. She keeps saying like, you called me the worst things possible to Uba. Aaron was calling Uba a bitch flat out for half, for like six hours. That's like Mm -hmm. one of the wildest Mm -hmm. things you can call someone. And she was Mm -hmm. just like, you are such a bitch. And that word was rolling right off her tongue. She's calling women bitches left and right. Like that was, it came fast. It came out fast. Yes, it did. Aaron is, played that victim role very well. And I mean, to be honest, it's giving Trump. It's giving Trump. It's it's giving some of the like it's it's giving like, what it is. Sense. It's all starting to make sense. So, you know, there you go. We well, got a couple more episodes to uh, to add up and and see what it's giving in the end before this uh, before the reunion. Yeah, I yeah, it ain't it's. Yeah, Aaron is what she did. That's one person I've been extremely consistent on. Moving on to Salt Lake City. Um, I guess the reason I say that these episodes this week weren't giving it to me because they all seem to just have one scene that was like the scene. In OC, it was the circus party. And in for New York, it was this hot tub scene. And with Salt Lake City, it was like... 
the bar scene or like it just it was just like the bar scene at the end i don't know i just yes there were moments right like mary cosby why is she here I don't know. We got to talk about Mary Rachel. It's I actually I didn't I didn't find this episode of Salt Lake City boring. It is probably one of the more major heartbreaks of my life that I was not able to be with you and Chelsea last week to discuss last <laughs> week's episode, which was just TV gold. Like, you want me to go there with the husband? Like, <laughs> like you? Oh, you said something so funny about how like it seemed like. Meredith's jaw was about to like unhinge and something was going to crawl out of her. What I thought you, which is so incredibly accurate, I thought you were going to say what I was thinking all episode, which I started to think, I know that Meredith is really in a bad place because I keep thinking that she looks like one of the women from Death Becomes Her, that movie with Meryl Streep and Goldie Hawn. Like, she looks like she is physically deteriorating into death and the way that like her voice keeps change it's like something physical is happening there yeah something's gonna crawl out of her there's a (laughs) hole in her abdomen we don't know about she has been dead for 10 years and made a pact with the devil i I can't tell (laughs) but anyways that was last week also like I could not believe that they didn't pick back up with Heather peeing on that bus. Like, no, we had had an, Was it peeing? I thought she was throwing up. Oh, it was both. I mean, you, I, I'm sorry to keep bringing this up on this podcast, but they zoom in on her and there is just like a full trickle coming down. I mean, she was just... She had lost all, all control of her facilities. Like, everything was gone. She was throwing up and she was peeing. As Devin, our producer, has said, fluids were coming out. Things were just... Yeah, they were. They were. Um, And I guess you're right. We had seen enough, but I think I am kind of... I'm lingering in that last episode, but we, we did start to get that again at the end of this episode because I understand why Meredith said for years like that she wasn't engaging because when she's engaged, it's... It's terrifying. It's terrifying, but it is good TV. It's good. I think what is hard, I, I don't know why, maybe I need like a week break from Housewives because I think I have no patience for people. And particularly in this, for this season, if for Salt Lake, it's Angie. I get upset every single time I see her on the screen. You know, I just, the why is she here? Her trying so hard. Her, you know, like she'll be nice. And then she'll just immediately like curse you out. And like, it's like, well, what did any of that mean? Because you were so, now you're so quick to jump on me. And she almost feels like she's entitled just her to be there and then also for everyone to be very nice to her and it's just really i would much rather watch mary not participate in anything not come off the sprinter van like mary came to just ride in the sprinter van and i would be more i would rather watch that than watch angie do what she's doing i just find her whole presence discomforting Oh, she's the listener. She's wiggling around in her chair. She is uncomfortable (laughs) with Angie. No, I agree. And like her getting so mad that um, 
Let's see. Meredith called her a pit bull and Monica called her a chihuahua, a chihuahua. like a lap dog. And she's literally butting her little head into the conversations while she's getting <laughs> mad about being called a chihuahua. Like she quite literally is acting like a chihuahua. And it's like, hey, what are you guys talking about? What are you doing? Let me in. Let me in. That if I were having to like repeatedly ask people to let me into a conversation, I would lock myself in the Trixie Motel and never come out. Like it's so embarrassing. And generally, having no shame is a good quality in a housewife, but there is something about her that just does not click. And you're right, the entitlement is like it's it's like gosh, like we didn't ask for you to be here. And she she no, said something like that last week where like, I deserve to be here just as much as anyone else. No, you don't. No, you don't. Yeah. Like, Lisa Barlow has been putting in the blood, sweat and tears and paying her, you know, glam squad to be here for years. She has put in the work. Heather has peed on television. Heather's <laughs> given it all. Like she has gone through a roller coaster of public perception. And there's just, and then she wants to keep telling Monica, like, I brought you here. Monica is Jin Shah's former assistant. They would have wedged her in any way. They would have pretended she and Whitney were cousins. They would have gotten her (laughs) in no matter what it took. It's just, it is the entitlement, which is so strange because entitlement is such a normal feature of a housewife. But it's so, she's so thirsty. She's so sweaty. Yeah. And we have to stop this pattern. You know, it it seems to be, I would say over the last few years, there is a friend of, or not even a friend of just like, it could be just a friend who keeps popping up a friend of, or an an actual housewife that slips through the cracks. That's so, it's so obvious how much of a fan they are and desperate for the fame and the attention and feeling like they're entitled to be there because they might check a couple of, you know, boxes off the housewife list, what it is to be a housewife list. And it's just gross to watch because that's not how we started these franchises. And I think that's what frustrates me when I watch it because it's not obvious with anybody more than Angie. And that's what's tough. And we're only in season four of Salt Lake City. It's too soon for that to be happening. It's the tricky thing about Salt Lake City, and it always has been. And it's the reason that, like, last week can be, like, canon event housewives. Like, so good. And Mm -hmm. this week can be kind of... I also found myself sort of frustrated, like, feeling kind of annoyed. And, like, with Mary, with Angie in this episode. And it's because the Salt Lake City women are and always have been, for the most part, co-workers. They're not friends. (laughs) These bonds aren't real. They are co-workers. And sometimes that produces magic. But, like, I even wondered when they were doing that, like, when they were doing that, like, trust exercise with that man in the windbreaker, I was like, is this Bravo mandated? Because, like, this is, like, a corporate... You know, like, they, they, they have to do this because they can't get along. And, like, they have... They have to get along enough to be able to work with each other. But sometimes the seams really show in Salt Lake City. And it took me four episodes with Mary, you know, like, and I I have a really short fuse with Mary where it's like, it's the same thing. It's like one day I'm like, she is hilarious. How did we ever lose her? She's in her closet. 
She's asking, <laughs> you know, she's asking for champagne at a motel. She's so funny. And then this week I was like, get the fuck out of the van, Mary. Get out of the van. Like, you can't do this. This isn't how it works. And I think with Mary, it's because like, she doesn't, ha- she's a friend of, she doesn't have to be all in. But we saw last week that if she's just at the dinner, if she's just lightly engaged, it's really funny. For me, when she's completely disengaged, I'm just like, you are so rude. She's so rude. Yeah. Well, it's like, why are you here? I mean, I, why are you I thought, here? but I think she didn't go into that place because it was a bar. And we have to forget Mary is religious because they didn't sit down and eat dinner. They went to the bar. It's bullshit. I'm sorry. I, I, I get what you're saying, but like, I, I made a note of that this week. I was like, the fact that this woman says she's a pastor, infuri- it actually like infuriates me. She's so rude. Like, she's so mean. She's so bad to other people. Like, even yeah, if those is. other people are monsters, even if they're Whitney, even if they're Lisa, I mean, she slaps Lisa around verbally like a rag doll in this episode. Like, it is what... And Lisa just keeps being like, okay, Mary, okay. Like, it's crazy how unkind she is to other people. So I'm not really gonna, like, even if that's her reason, like, I can't... And, like, she drinks. But, like, if she's gonna say she can't be in a bar for religious reasons, I'm gonna be like, okay, well, could you not be terrible to other people for religious reasons maybe as well? I don't know. Something to think about. Very good point. Actually, very good point. Because she really was mean. She's this awful. Like, it wasn't funny. Last week was funny. This week, it was just like, okay, you were just so... It was... She was over it. But again... She was so over just, it. Just go home. Just go home. It's like she's being um, held hostage. That's exactly what it felt like, especially watching her ride around um, by herself in that sprinter van. It felt it much so it very much so felt like that. And I think, too, you know, with talking about like Thirsty Housewives and looking at Angie versus a Monica, Monica doesn't give off what Angie has. Like Monica, what I do wish for Monica is that she would express herself more clearly you know, when she was talking to, when she confronted Lisa about again, saying, this is what bothers me about you. I wish she wouldn't have went gone this episode, gone back to the ring because you already did that and you made your point. And it was a point I thought well taken, not by Lisa, but as, <laughs> for us, us as viewers. But then this time, the issue wasn't necessarily the ring. I mean, it was everything, but it was the way she had that meltdown about, and like, what was that? I, I, to me, it doesn't even, other than reunions, it doesn't look like Lisa even wears that much makeup. So I just didn't understand the meltdown. The And and this is where I think Monica's frustration comes out too, is you constantly have to label everything you buy. Like I'm wearing this. Like I said last week, it's giving the, these are $25,000 sunglasses. My makeup artist is $2,500. I brought her down here. A makeup artist in Palm Springs. Like I brought my makeup artist. I flew her down here. You're constantly reminding us of your wealth. And that, and I understand Monica's frustration. That's what I wish she would have put out there instead of going back to the original thing. Because what we saw with Lisa and even calling in the producers and having the producer say like her, that breakdown, like what was your take on that? What did you, I mean, that was, so odd to me. I've never, we've haven't seen her react in that way. And I swear we've seen her without makeup before in the morning or very little makeup. Yeah. I, I don't know. You're right. Cause I hadn't, I was like, I mean, I just think it's insecurity. Like, like 
just an 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 insecurity with the way that she looks without makeup. Like she said, like she wants to present a certain image to the world. She's on TV. I mean, we even saw briefly in New York, Uba is like, you know, one of the most beautiful people I've ever seen. And she got mad at Jenna because she felt like she didn't know that cameras were going to be there. So she wasn't camera ready. Like, I'm sure there is a lot of insecurity for these women who are on TV who are already being scrutinized about like being camera ready, you know, and not wanting to take the makeup off. My feeling was like, it's, you're going to put on, the idea is that you're going to put on drag makeup. Could you not just like keep your makeup that you already have on and then like do an insane eye? You know, like it seemed, there seemed like other fixes. So then I don't know if it's like some... I mean, I guess I didn't think about this while I was watching it, but and 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 like maybe this is what Whitney was getting at. But I wish if this was what Whitney was getting at, she'd just say it because I never know what Whitney is getting at because she's the worst, worst communicator. And Whitney yeah. was making me so mad this episode, like that she was well, like yeah. that she was like, why won't I mean Meredith is the host of this weekend and she won't even do this. You hijacked the evening. You made up this event and you didn't tell Meredith about it. And now you're mad that she won't. But I wonder if she was feeling like that they just didn't want to do drag. Like that they didn't want to put on drag makeup and be part of drag. But if that's the case, I wish that we would say it more outright because I was that's actually I didn't I actually didn't think about that. And I 100% think that that was probably right. It's got to be because like she's she was in makeup. She could have just put more makeup on. Yeah, it was it and we have learned. We didn't really get this the first two seasons, but I feel like in the third season we really learned that Lisa is very religious. Um and also in watching her this last episode, I thought no wonder Jack wants to get away. I too would go on a two-year mission. Because these are Jack's words saying I'm not, I'm not like y'all or like y'all. He doesn't, the things that are important to Lisa are not important to him. He seems to not be caught up in the materialistic things and the parties and the the attention. Uh-uh. And you seen that kid on Instagram? He likes his no, materialistic things just fine. I haven't seen him on Instagram. I've heard that little, I mean, I don't want to speak ill of a child. And I'm not speaking ill. I'm just. We've seen him on the show talking about labels and stuff. Like, that stuff comes through with the family. He might feel like that. I'm not... And he might, you know, really be, like, getting more religious and he might... Or more Mormon and he might want those things. But I I feel as though the children of Lisa Barlow are... Well, yeah, yeah, now... I'm holding up a picture. <laughs> Wait, I'm dying. Because that's not his profile picture is exactly what Jody is referring to. But the latest picture that he posted in July is like him totally dressed like he's about to knock on a hundred doors. Yeah, he's got a name tag on. He's got his elder price, his elder price cosplay. It's not cosplay, it's real. It's um, real. His short yeah. sleeves with the tie, dirty white shoes. And he's doing it. Yeah, he's. I he's mean, who among us did not have a, a strange religious phase in our adolescence? You know, I, <laughs> I wrote about it. Yes, but um, it's just your to your point. Yes, there's. A I lot did of think religious. earlier, Rachel, that you were going to say in his own words, quoting Jack, in his own words, 
fudge college because that is the most iconic thing <laughs> he's ever said and he's standing by it fudge college um fudge college i'm i'm going fudge on college, Mom. my trip uh yeah i don't something was going on with lisa i was interested in it now i'm getting a much darker twinge to it than i but like i said like if that is what whitney is pointing out i want her to say it because yeah i don't know what whitney's so mad about but i guess what she says and when we ultimately get to like you said the one you know the main scene in this episode which i couldn't believe they were like i haven't been able to make heads or tails of like when they're eating meals on this palm city trip i mean this palm springs trip like they keep eating at the hotel which is kind of weird to me and then and then they go out for drinks except like half of them aren't drinking because heather peed on the bus earlier and no one wants to drink anymore and um and then Whitney kind of brings up her thing to Meredith about how she feels like she's always using something as a cop-out, which is absolutely true. But I think at the point that you hear yourself saying, meaning Whitney, like, she's like, so what? Someone's, some sister-in-law's grandmother's three-year-old grandson is like, is, I don't know, whatever she was saying, I was like, this isn't the right angle. Take a different approach. Mm -hmm. And what does she prefer? Do we know what the issue is with Meredith? Has that come out in the media? Uh, not that I've seen. Every She seems to have said something to them that makes them know a little bit. Enough for like Whitney to be specific to say someone, I mean, I don't know if she's getting this right, but she says someone's sister-in-law's grandson's three-year-old, grandson three-year-old, which even if, because Meredith does do this, like she definitely does this where she gets into a fight and then she's like, there are bigger things going on. I have bigger things. Like there is always something going on with her family. And like, it's not, at some point it's not, even if there is stuff going on, it's not a fair tactic because like everyone has stuff going on. Like everyone has family members who aren't doing well and things that aren't, that are making them behave a certain way. But this season, they are making Meredith behave wildly. And she's not putting it up, putting up with it from, from little girl Whitney. No, she, no, she is not. And yes, they are. Now, before we leave, I need you to explain to me what this means. And I quote, Angie to Meredith, you look like a trampoline with eyes. <laughs> I can't explain it, but Rachel, so, I laughed. I laughed. When I she had said to it. rewind it. I was like, did I hear that right? I was like, is she saying she has big eyes like a trampoline? Is she no, no she like said her you face look like is like a, a stretched out trampoline with eyes on it. That's was a my... terrible. That's a terrible thing. It's a very bad when she said it, I definitely laughed. It really took me by surprise. Because it's, it's not so like ridiculous. It, it didn't, it's, it's like, it didn't make me think like, oh, that's so accurate of like merit. Like it wasn't like a, it wasn't a keen insult, you know? Like that's not Angie's deal. Like she shoots it out like a shotgun and she does have some lines on her. She's probably spent all night writing them. I was um, just about to say. That's yeah, she was waiting to unroll it. And I'm mad at myself that I laughed. I don't want to give her anything, but I did. But then Meredith hits her with the old under her breath, like she has some nerve with that face. It's like, yes. oh, these girls are fighting dirty now. We're going for yes, faces. 
Yes, they are. And Meredith did say that. Yeah, I think that was the thing. First off, it was like, what what are you talking about, Angie? And two, you knew that she had that like ready to go. She's like, tonight is the night I'm going to say this. Get out of here, Angie. Who brought you here? It really, that is how I feel like scram. You like absolutely scram. Get out of here. She just like, she is so unwanted. And I mean, you almost have to like be impressed with her ability to stand her ground while being like that undesired by that many people. I mean, Mary like won't even look at her. Nobody likes her. Not even... Um, Whitney, who brought who her. brought her, yeah. Nobody likes her. It's so true. Why are you here? And sadly, we got to deal with her all season. Now, Meredith has alluded to this thing that something, this rumor, the rumors oh, out there about, husband. about her husband. And Monica, it looks like, is going to tell Angie. Now, what I'm praying is that that is not how that episode ends next week. Because guys, don't do that to us. At least let us hear what the rumors are. Rachel, I tell you this a lot. Protect yourself. You know, you know, you know how it's going to go. I'm not covering it. If that ends, I'm not covering it. We're not covering it next week. Something good better happen. Otherwise, gauntlet thrown. All right. That is the end. That's a jam-packed episode for you guys. We covered everything except for Below Deck that's on Bravo right now. You're welcome. And we will be back next week to do the exact same thing. Bye, guys. Have a great weekend. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. 